0: All right, you are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.
1: Are live. It's the uncensored podcast live. We are motherfuckers. Chris Denman, and I'm Terrell. Terrell Travis, the best of email, Travis. the best email sign off you could have chose ever. We would have so many black guests if you would email people as Terrell Travis. I'm, I was thinking about changing my whole, my whole look, my whole sound,
0: my whole name to Terrell Travis.
1: Hey everybody, it's just Chris and Trav today on the uncensored podcast. Um, Michael Gaines out with an illness and uh we're getting things kicked off right on a Monday. We did the radio show early, earlier, St. Louis Live. Just the two of us, Trav, like the old days. Just the two of us. Remember that, man? We were like Will and Jaden today. Were we? I shared you. Yeah.
0: Yeah? Yeah, that's exactly what I can see you being the Will Smith in this relationship. Oh, okay. And me being Jaden.
1: Oh Jaden based I you on said the Jada.
0: No, based on the relationship. Did share you? I saw that. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, everybody. We got things happening here in St. Louis, July 1st, Southtown Pub. They're doing a sipping shop for the ladies. Men, you're welcome to, but it's 1 to 3 at Southtown Pub. And then at night, starting around 7, we're going to do a trivia and chill. Come hang out, meet our sponsors, meet us, hang out, do some trivia. It'd be a good time. It's in their new event space, again, Southtown Pub. Uh, I'm excited about it. What else we got? Thursday, you're getting your beard removed for the radio show.
0: I am. This is going to be one of the darkest days in the history of this show. I don't know why we're celebrating it. I don't know why we're going out on the road. But the fine establishment where we'll be shaving my beard, I'm sure we'll appreciate the business. And we appreciate theirs. So if there is a silver lining in me losing my beard, it's the opportunity to be able to work with a new business here in St. Louis. So it's not all bad. Dating life, that's going to hell. Friendships, going to lose a few.
1: Awkward stares from homeless people. Mm hmm. Tons heading my way. So it's just us today for the uh, uncensored podcast. You want to talk over the beat the whole show? Mm mm. No. Because that'd be it? just really awkward.
0: And then we'll get to a point where I'm in the middle of the conversation and I just want to start freestyling. And that'd be rude. And I want to do that. Sam,
1: turn it up. What do you got?
0: Yo, I was looking at Sam's girl and she was coming out this place with the beautiful curls. She rocked my world. Yo, I said, hey, boo. Don't rhyme, curl and then she girl. She was world. like, what's up with you? So I was like, hey, where is Sam? She's like, don't worry about who I am. I'm trying to see what you're trying to do. Uh huh. Can we be booze? Mm. <clears throat> Ooh, booze, yeah. Be rabbit. That's, uh, that's pretty. I would say that was flames. Mm hmm. But
1: uh, surprised Sam didn't hit you with the uh, record scratch end. <laughs> <laughs> he should have. We're excited here at Shock City Studios. Uh What's going on in our world? We talked about, uh, again, you can follow the uh, St. Louis Live podcast feed. Uh Had a good conversation, hit some local stuff, MMA thing today. Uh Tell me about this party you went to over the weekend. What was going on? Free booze, free food? What was it?
0: A friend actually did a very cool event. He was celebrating his birthday, but he decided to do a birthday charity party where he rented out this space, and it's a local space uh, that's in Midtown, St. Louis. It's a candy shop, Mm. Uh, but like a from the rap song, very much like it. Like you know, how candy shop rap song? There is uh, Fifty Cent. (laughs) Sam just looked at me like, "Oh yeah, yes, there is." Fifty Cent did a song, and but in that video. It's an extravagant candy shop. Like this is what this candy shop was to that extent, in that it was obviously it's candy, so for children, but it's something that adults it would like. Candy.
1: Okay, wait. What you're talking about the party or the song? The party. Okay.
0: I I don't care to bring up the song. I don't want anything to do with that song. That song was very bad. Very bad. Yeah. I didn't care for that 50 Cent song. But this venue is a very nice venue in Midtown St. Louis. A very cool, uh, modern, up to date candy shop for children and adults and my friend like a
1: hipster candy
0: shop kind of kind of like even that.
1: that uh is i don't even know if it's still open sam this seems like somewhere you would have been rocket fizz in the loop in the loop no it's it's a little you don't bit know more talking about like, it's not you can like try rocket fizz no root beer hipster no Rocket
0: fizz is like handcrafted extra sugar this is okay. a little bit more like hey this is just fun laid back nostalgic you know reminds you of your childhood And it was a really neat idea in that he decided that instead of people bringing gifts or things like that, he uh, asked that you purchase the candy and the proceeds that you purchase from the candy goes towards a charitable cause. Mm -hmm. So I immediately want to steal that idea. And that's something I'll probably try to do next year for my own birthday. It was really cool because, again, you got people who come from all walks of life. And who want to spend money, who want to come enjoy your company and enjoy your birthday, and at the end of the night, after you've had a few drinks and great laughs and cool conversation, you actually helped a cause as well. So that is a good feeling. What better way than to get have fun with friends, get a little bit inebriated, and raise money for a good cause, all in honor of someone's birthday? So I, I, I partook in that this weekend.
1: Very nice. You uh you turned 33 this year as did I. Yours was a, yours was chill. You didn't really do much, did you? No, I I
0: am more now these days to be completely honest with you. I am a um a celebrate moments person. Like I'm very grateful to be turning 33 and not mm-hmm. even to get into the whole you know, the, the psychological, social ramifications of a black man turning 33. But,
1: Always
0: making it about race. <laughs> but it, it means the world to my mom and my fa- uh, my father that they have uh, been able to raise a son and he's made it to the age of to be, 33. To be claimed and by diabetes not, uh, at 40. It's not going to happen, Chris. I will fight that fight each day. I need to stop Now, quiet fun while of you. I drink my fourteenth cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> That's right. Are there ramifications to too much coffee ingestion? Oh yes. You like I I
0: like the thing I struggle with this morning was that I decided not to go with coffee this morning, mm-hmm. and I felt terrible. So those three hours of radio, we so just that completed. That was terrible. That was bad for you. Like I didn't feel good or comfortable because I didn't have coffee. I made a conscious decision not to drink coffee. So
1: then, that's a real problem.
0: No, not necessarily. Because I can, I don't drink coffee. Like the only time I drink coffee is before our show. But if you feel bad
1: a, when you don't have it, that's an addiction, right?
0: No, not necessarily. I didn't Sam, have to have this coffee. Hey, Sam.
1: Sam, yeah. can I get a clarification? Would you would you say addiction or no if you don't have coffee and then you suffer side effects if you? Okay, so you usually have coffee, side effects if you don't. Wouldn't you say that's on the road to addiction? I think that's the definition of addiction. Thank you. Thank you. Sam's a scholar. But I'm not addicted. He's got a great t shirt like, on like we today. I say
0: addiction, like it's something you, it's a must have at all times. Like that's how I maybe classify classifying addiction because I, I don't drink coffee on the weekends. Like, so Saturday, Sunday rolls around. I'm not drinking coffee. That just coffee. means
1: your addiction is tailored to your schedule.
0: Okay, then I can I can I can go
1: with that. Don't agree but with that me. This it, was supposed to take up but, half an hour of us arguing. But that's
0: but that but then wasn't
1: that want that go counter towards addiction? If I can no. take take days off, no, because think of it like this: if you have a twenty beer a night habit, doesn't mean you need to have twenty four beers.
0: No, if my, I don't see that. Does that make sense? No,
1: it doesn't at all. Because I said something logical and No, I'm saying this if I feel like if you can put it down. Nobody else comes in, we automatically be like, hey, remember we used to argue once in
0: a while? Let's just do that (laughs) for three hours. I can, I can, I can go without drinking coffee. Can you though? I can. Like I don't I like I feel like that's what addiction would be if you can't go without it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I can go without coffee. I wouldn't I will substitute it with some other beverage with a water or juice. But I can go without coffee. That's why I find it amazing sometimes when it comes to even marijuana for that matter, that people just say it's a gateway drug. No, you're just looking for the next big high. I don't think like I think marijuana is more than enough for millions of people across this world. Like, especially in America, I think marijuana is, there are a lot of people who are functioning marijuana users. and That's the thing that I've always found hypocritical about marijuana and the, the ban and folks taking forever to come around to recreational use and allowing it to be le- legal, is that you and I, we'll, we know people, we know family members that would drink, what, three glasses of scotch? Almost a day while at oh, work.
1: Well, you think about like was uh, that was, was think that consi- about the laborer? Uh, okay, so you're going business like that. Yeah, you could you, you could say that where it was standard like uh, the Mad Men era ish. Right. Which was overdone and also Don Draper just like, Jesus, that's was guy's it an overdone. Alcoholic. I think it was overdone. I think there were I mean you unique think situations. about bar carts
0: and a lot of the things that we have now, like how popular those restaurants and bars were that yeah. that served those kind of drinks. Like that era birthed the Cosmopolitan that era er, birthed the no, no, Sex in the City. Well, yeah, you know, but they, but they birthed the like the, the drinks that we no, have today right. came from that era. Having, and there has to be
1: a reason for that. Having a, an executive in a tie holding a glass of scotch while he's having a meeting is a stereotype for a reason, right? Right. Right. I mean, there's there's reasons for that. So yeah, I would say so. But then also you think of like uh the construction guy or the laborer or something, or even a plumber knocking off at three thirty four. You know, you go grab a 12-pack, That's they're going to 12-pack a day habit, right? That's a
0: generation of people
1: who mm-hmm. did that forever. Like, and but Not basically our parents, but we knew their parents do you think that's did that. from? Do you think the okayness with that is from the 50-plus years of really good marketing, though? Wouldn't you say that? I'm sure that? that has a lot to do with it. Because even throughout time, I mean, you can even see it. What, uh, was it Thomas Jefferson that didn't drink? There have been smart leaders that are like, nah, that'll fuck you up. You know what I mean? Trump doesn't drink. And he's successful. I I, I think that's bullshit. It is weird. I'm he all drinks. for sobriety. Oh, you think he drinks? I don't think he does. I think he thinks he's like on another level because he doesn't. Although he does indulge in shitty food. Which there is funny. Go. Okay. It's like, there you, you can't act like you're some yeah. optimal human being yeah. when Joe Rogan's stoned and shredded. You know what I mean? Where right. Joe Rogan knows a good point. he can have a few drinks here and there. We talk about Joe Rogan a lot. I don't know why. I, well, he's doing what he wants. That's why. We're all jealous. I talked. I did a float lab. I mentioned that at Presence Float Center. They're about to be on board, by the way. That's why I keep talking about them. Uh And he made a whole industry out of floating. Remember that? Right. Like five years ago, he was talking uh-huh. about floating. Now that's a thing. No, but if you have a guy like Joe Rogan, who's a podcaster, comedian, and MMA commentator, he can smoke a little weed or a lot of weed. He can have some drinks now and again, and he knows how to keep his body in tune. But he's don't be the leader of the free world coming down on people for for whatever you're going to come down on for, the and then be a fat ass who is way
0: way unhealthy yourself. Well, that's the thing, and that's what I I often have an issue in regards to having to reconcile is that i th- there are a lot more people that aren't like joe rogan in that they're f- not only extremely functional but v- and very successful but joe rogan is in a field where he can be open about it and True. i think that's the only thing that's and we're not all a-
1: joe rogan please <laughs> no, do not try and smoke no, like but he does. i can
0: assure you chris that some of the most successful people here in this city in the city of st louis I will, I will, ver- I will guarantee you that they smoke marijuana. I will guarantee you that the C, the top, out of the top ten CEOs in the city of St. Louis, five of them smoke marijuana.
1: You think there's there's very little doubt uh, in my mind. I think it's very I little doubt in, in my mind. I think in ten years that would be correct because you'd have people our age into that. I mean, I'm Where do all- you think that? Where, where do you think that culture began? It began with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the idea like
0: it that was their generation that, hey man, this hash, this cush, like it was them. It was our parents who ultimately kicked off the culture of marijuana usage. So for you're telling me in 2017, in an economy that is struggling, where wages are low, where people having difficulty finding jobs, where <laughs> where DUIs are obviously extremely frowned upon, as they should be, where you don't want to be the guy at the party, at the, you know, the company meeting, you know, really slosh, but you want to be slightly buzzed. You're telling me in all, in this era of divisiveness and conflict divisiveness, and controversy, divisiveness. It, I will go D if I wanted to, my friend. But if in this era of all this that's going on, you're telling me with all the pressure on these folks' shoulders, they're not smoking a little something, something?
1: Could es- be, for no doubt. Especially Could when be. the high and the buzz is... Cheaper than alcohol? Not even, but you said CEOs. So I just wonder, it takes a certain type of animal to be a CEO. Like it is, like they're the type of person, in many senses, not all. Sure. The type of person that lets you know that they're a type A personality. <laughs> my, I want to favorite. kill myself my whenever people do that. You know, I'm a Type A, bro. I'm, a type a. I'm an alpha. I'm a Type A. I'm an, I'm an alpha, alpha bro. Tell you what, unless you're Zach Freeman or a <laughs> fighter, don't tell me you're an alpha male, okay? Because that's alpha male. Shit. I feel like
0: in order for you to get the alpha exactly. male title, you've had to have beaten somebody, like physically. Yeah. Like you can be titan of industry, but you've had to. Before physically, I became CEO of Sprint, I would have this fight club where I was undefeated <laughs> and I was ten and zero. So therefore, I am officially an alpha male.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good rule. And even if you are a fighter, but you have like a sub five hundred record, don't tell me you are an alpha male. You are trying to be an alpha male more times than not. The state of Missouri commissioned you as not the alpha male. (laughs) And I don't care if you would kick a lot of people's ass. If you have a professional record, you can't. Like I, you know, that's how it works, guys.
0: Like I said, I think um, like when again bringing it all back to addiction, like I. I know there are things in this world that if I do too much of, I will be addicted
1: to. Yeah, so, you know what I was always there, happy about. I never. We've smoked cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a relationship. We had some cool stuff. I'm glad I never started smoking because I bet I would smoke eight million packs at a time. Sure. I like, I get it. Like I can't, it kills me to be around secondhand smoke. Like it makes my eyes water, and I'm to a fault. Like, I'll play through the pain on most things. If I don't like somebody, I probably keep them around too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. As evidence with our decade-plus relationship. Easily. You should have broke up with me years ago. <laughs> exactly, right. I could be doing so much. <laughs> Matt Whitener could be in here right now. Second Matt oh, Whitener mentioned today. Um, I could have been Rail battle. <laughs> you could have been Rail battle if I wasn't holding you down. No, I just know, like, you see it. You see smart people smoking cigarettes. You see it. I get it. Like, sometimes it smells good. If you're smelling the right stuff, I'm so glad I don't smoke cigarettes. I'm so glad because very, it, I would be I, burning I can, through those fuckers like nothing. Again, on one of those other vices, if you want to
0: call it that, and and I guess you can because it is indeed not always good for or not good for you at all. But in the sense that because it's so addictive, I kind of once I realized how addictive it was, I acknowledged, okay. I'm not even knocking people who smoke, but I know that once I were to try smoking and become comfortable with smoking, I, like cigarettes. you just
1: said, smoking cigarettes, I would be There's a cool factor to it. Sure. I mean it. There are certain people you see. Now, once you get to a certain age or you start seeing things a different way, uh, if you see a girl you like doing it, you're like, that's just not practical. Like you're going to want to, as soon sure, as we're done eating. Sure, but then there's a... But, the, but then there's people that look really cool doing it. And I, I get it. I, I get and it. And
0: I don't, and I really do not, knock cigarette smokers as much as I used to back and I
1: think like you because you realize it could be it could have been you easily what's a stereotypical black cigarette menthols is it menthols Sam Sam knows Sam Sam confirmed we go to Sam for all our black knowledge and the reason is in his descendants on a daily basis
0: Sam spends more time with black people than I do that's a fact. Actually, you, you work yeah. at a world class studio in yeah. down, near downtown St. Louis. Right. It's you're going to spend more time with black people than I
1: do. Yeah. No. I. I. I, I um... Would you call Shock City Studios a predatory business? <sighs> Man, it's close. I mean, do they need to be added to the next bill? that include, like, check cashing places and stuff that, <laughs> that set up shop in primarily minority areas to take advantage of people like Because really, are there black folks that come in that should be paying their rent with studio money? No, actually a lot of I would Another this is, I'm not speaking for Sam. No, no, no. I'm just trying to get Shock City on the predatory businesses list. Do that. That's rude. No, Don't that, do that That isn't okay. I think that's actually bullshit. Now no, no, the no, if it's they stupid, start accepting it's a stupid tax.
0: Now if they started taking money out of your paycheck or they're like, hey, in order for you to sign on for studio time, I need the last four of your social, then we would be getting
1: into oh, Okay, conversa- because then it's okay, I got you. So do you? Do you ain't remember? Paid. This? Don't worry, we taking out your check. Do you? Remember, Wait a minute. What? Do you remember? Do you remember? In uh, when we worked at bars, there was a bar that would allow their employees to run their tab as credit. Yes, and they would remove it from like line cooks. So obviously, a server will have cash after every shift, right? Right. Most of the time, or a bartender or something like that. So if they want a beer, they're going to buy a beer. But in order to placate the need for you know kitchen staff to have a beer, but they wouldn't necessarily have cash on them. Hey, run a tab. We got you. And then there'd be people that would owe after their check. So not only would they not get a check, they would because they're using a credit card, basically, that is their only form I'm of payment. All, I'm no attorney. How horrible is that? I'm, I'm almost certain <laughs> that it has to be illegal. No, not.
0: That it like, has to be illegal. That, that doesn't sound legal. I'm not saying that it didn't happen, because I believe you're right. Irresponsible. It how in the hell are you?
1: How do you allow I think credit? You're gonna, you're gonna run. You're gonna run out of line cooks real quick because they <laughs> they're not gonna have a car. They're not gonna have a place to live. Man. Can you believe that? I gotta get the
0: Missouri Attorney
1: General on that one. That sounds very suspect. That's a rough one. I would not. Would you allow that if you owned your bar? Fuck no. Like, That's a horrible practice. <laughs> why would Take you your do money that? and go. Like right. I get the idea. Save that, your
0: twenty bucks for your last check and go to a different bar. Honestly, and I think just. And this goes into the kind of the conversation I wanted to dive in today as far as when you're running a business, like, I want my employees happy. Like, I want my and I And again, that's like, well, no duh. But I'm not going to set up avenues where, <laughs> yes, it feeling, could. Yeah. Right. Just sure it could line more in my pocket. You are allowed to drink here.
1: But. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't need you in I, debt
1: to me before your check comes. Right, out. and I'm happy.
0: And I, I've I've worked at establishments where they would welcome obviously employees to stay after work to drink, but to get to the point where they're then physically taking money out of your check, that's a whole nother issue. But I would want a environment where you can come and go as you please, as long as you're comfortable and it makes you happy, and it's not a detriment to the business. Uh-huh. So I've 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 Never understood why a lot of establishments, whether it be in the restaurant industry or other, and especially in parts of corporate America, where you wouldn't want your employees to have that freedom, I, it's a, but I definitely wouldn't want to put myself in a position where I'm taking advantage of them. That's 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 a little bit much of crossing the line. I don't know if I would get into that sport. Not your thing. No, not at all. We were joking, though, on our way over here. We were not necessarily joking, but we were sort of reflecting and since our, our homeboy, Gaines, is out being sick, we thought we'd be able to change up a little bit of the format today for the show. But as far as we've been doing this for in October will be officially two years. So we're closing in
1: on... October, September. September. Good Because we lordy, had to push man. the party to October. That's Technically, right. Technically, we started like September 5th or 6th. Uh, almost 2 years ago. So we've been doing this for 2 years. So we went from
0: essentially starting a show that naturally evolved into a small business. Because if it's one thing about Chris and myself, like we again, we 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 want to call I'm ourselves tired alpha in. We I were. don't want a regular job. And we did that. Like Chris and I we did the um the serious 9 to 5s. Like you have done sales for a long time. Before me officially becoming full-time in radio and podcasting, I was working for the state government. I ran a restaurant. I was a basketball high school, a high school basketball coach. Like I did my fair Just think how share much better
1: job. your life would be.
0: If I was a high school basketball, I, and to this <laughs> day, I love the game. Uh, yeah. Just when you're a high school basketball coach, uh, it's kind of hard to pick up the phone and call Sally Mae and say, I ain't got it. They ain't paying you like Phil Jackson when you're coaching high school basketball, but I think when you jump into these ventures, now we're going into two years. I I always appreciate the journey while we're in it, and we talked about on our radio show. We discussed the BET Awards that took place in LA last night, and a lot of times those award shows do become practices in vanity. But I do appreciate when there is an artist or an actor or a writer, a producer that gets credit, that gets a an award and they get at least 90 seconds to thank everybody that got them sure. there. And so I've always appreciated award shows, even since I was a kid, because I always felt, well, in order to get to that point, you had to eat a lot of shit.
1: People don't realize that, too. I mean, you, you see it. I mean, just using the most local uh, proximity-driven examples here. Mary Mack was just in here. She's been on Conan. She's been on whatever. And then she performed in front of eight people at uh, Foam. Because it was a, a quick... Uh, that's not the regular thing. But you wouldn't think if you told many young comedians that, uh, hey tell me if you'll believe this sequence of events will happen. Uh-huh. You'll have a TV show on Fox. Mm-hmm. You'll go on Conan. Mm-hmm. And you'll play to sold-out crowds. But then mixed in, you'll play to seven people. Do you think they would believe you? No. I don't think most people would. You see these things where it's like you just expect, and it's you know perception of the media. One event you don't see. You don't pay attention to all this. So it's not everybody's fault. But the absolute thought of how people get to where they're at. Right. There's just no—and you could even make this point outside of comedy, entertainment, different things like that, about a CEO, for example. That person, maybe—the majority of people don't have things handed to them, right? Right. So that person was cleaning up dog shit. (laughs) That person was cleaning bathrooms. They were washing cars for a living. They were doing those things. So, yes, you're right. That journey— To that, And then especially when you're doing a creative endeavor, what a weird business. You see local comics, uh, Rafe Williams in New York City over the weekend. I think we'll have Rafe in soon to talk about that. Getting to perform with his idols, getting to perform with Tim Meadows from Saturday Night Live over the weekend at an improv fest with Matt Besser. Rafe is going to go bartend at some point in the next week. (laughs) Do you think those people watching him... At that festival, while he was up on stage in New York City, thought, hey, that guy's a really good comic who may have a TV show in six months. Who knows? Do you think they think he's going to come back home and bartend? Probably not. No! Because they think, oh, he's he's doing it. That's what he's doing. He is doing it. But by God, it is not simple. I think that's why it's so important to listen to these people that are successful. All they say is, never stop. Right? Never stop. Never be satisfied. And then... At the same time, you better truly love it because if you're just chasing dollars, good luck because there's no real formula to, to find that. I think that that's path. the best. I think that's exactly it. And I think sometimes we forget, and I'll be the first to admit that. There are do you feel like we talk about this a lot because we're repeating it to ourselves? No, I think. <laughs> I do. I'll be I honest with you. I'm the like, reason why man. I say
0: it. Well, the reason why I often say it is that I think a lot of times that. We come, we we come from a blue collar generation. We come from our parents weren't uh, brought up in the ways of 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 necessarily arts and entertainment. Like they say, you want a job, you gotta go. You know, put down your knuckles, put in your twelve hours a day, and you gotta get the the house, get a four family flat, get married by thirty, and you know (laughs) they, they were traditionalists. They weren't told that that you can use. They would never you have thought that you could the use look. the internet. Like, Think about when the internet came about. Did you ever think, like, and we were in elementary school. We were, and Sam, you weren't probably even born when the birth of the internet
1: began. Sam's currently he's 14 and a half he years is, old. He has to be.
0: But when you Handsome think about 14 that, and a half year old I've ever seen. But I don't think we ever envisioned that something like this you can make a living off of, or that you can build off of, or that you can start a small business from. And because we come from a generation, and this speaks also to everyone uh, who grew up. In this country, we are a blue collar country. You go to the factory job, you go down to uh, the construction site, you put Mm -hmm. your hard hat on, you work your 10 hours, you come home, you get your six to eight hours and you smoke in the morning, you head back and you do it all over again. Mm -hmm. So the idea that when we see these entertainers, these comedians, these actors, these actresses at these award shows... I think we immediately see the glamour. We see the outfits. We see the pyro. We hear the loud music. We see the screaming fans and the and the photogs and the paparazzi. And we just think it's the most glamorous thing in the world. But the beauty I like about this industry is that once you, when you pull all that back, when you take the makeup off and you take out the Hugo boss suit and you know it's, it's been a couple of days uh, without makeup and you having your hair cut uh, these people are grinding their ass off to just even get a sniff of attention
1: right and I did, don't did I, anybody impress you with uh so BT awards is the closest thing we're talking about here anybody impress you with their speech it, it's it's tough for me and I get it too because it's their time and you want to feel empowered and it probably if you go up there and speak on a particularly liberal stance at like the Oscars or something I see where that would you know you're toeing the company line Hollywood is extremely liberal extremely um, dramatic pardon the pun about certain stances even if they come off as very disingenuous in the moment but it's hard for me to ever really jump in on that but whenever you do see the ones that you're talking about where they're like I've worked so hard and the little people the people doing this and that those are the ones that I actually appreciate rather than I I, I appreciate your right to do that but whenever people go super political I'm like dude this is your time like maybe think you know what I mean like I don't know. I would maybe say, like, do 30 seconds of your stuff and what you've done to your career and how I've worked hard to get here. And then, like, right before they're like, follow savewhales.org. See ya. Well, (laughs) I think. Wouldn't that
0: get the point across? Sure. I mean, I think as far as when it comes to your celebrity, I think you're within your right to do whatever the hell you want with it. So if you want to take that moment to talk about an issue that's truly concerning to you, I think to your point, if you're just doing it, and I've seen. Musicians and artists and actors do it just to be doing it. Off the top of my head, Miley Cyrus comes to mind. Like if you're just going to be doing something because you know of it's going to course He
1: doesn't attack a little Kim, but uh, it goes right after uh, Miley. So, nothing no, socially sorry, okay. conscious what did, what did about she little Kim.
0: Do? No, but I think last night I think the one uh, artist. That stood out to me was the group New Edition. And the Group New Edition, they were kid stars. They, if it wasn't for New Edition, there's no kids on New Kids on the Block. There isn't the boar band. Like the boy bands don't exist if it wasn't for New Edition. Like everything like the you won't, you wouldn't know who Justin Timberlake was. You wouldn't know who the Backstreet Boys were. Like you wouldn't know these mega boy band groups if it wasn't for New Edition. And in that group, New Edition is the very infamous Bobby Brown. And so mm-hmm. these kids have been performing since they were. 12, 13 years old, and now Bobby Brown is well into his mid-50s, when you see and know what they've gone through, and they will be the first to tell you, I put myself in that situation, but to see them go through that, these guys had hits, and for the first part of their career, Chris, they still lived in the projects. Like right. these guys had like three number one hits. Like, think about three number one hits in America today in this medium. <laughs> well, You're you, you should yeah. you should own probably an island. If you right. have three bad. This was in hits, the day
1: that uh, a one hit wonder could I don't want to say be set for life, but the way if your deal was done right, maybe
0: And one a lot hit, of those deals weren't done right. Right.
1: Yeah. Very true. One hit could have sustained you for a long time. Granted, you'd never be heard from again. Sure. Truly, one-hit wonders were a very real thing back then. I think there's too many outlets and too many options now that either they expose people quicker, so you don't have as... I'm sure there's plenty of untalented people. I'm trying right. to walk through this. Untalented people that come through due to uh, you know computers and things like that. But the hype train behind them continues to roll on some form. Because say your music career stalls you can go do a reality show. You're a right. publicist or somebody, you can go do the podcast, you can put out a book, you can do that. Whereas like used to, you would truly never hear from a one-hit wonder ever again.
0: And then there were a lot of gatekeepers back in the day. So for a band, a, a group like New Edition who struggled with money issues, struggled with growing up in the poorest part of Boston, Boston, mind you, again, yeah. African-Americans, uh, in Boston in the 70s, early 80s, you can only imagine what those families had to go through. Uh, these guys then make it, then the natural egos come into play, then money issues again come into play, mm-hmm. then attention comes into play, then radio spends come into play. Yep. And then for you in 2017 to not only have overcome all of that, but to still be alive. Uh, to still be able to now go out on tour, which they're going to do this fall, and still have a following, mm-hmm. I think that's just a testament of of true perseverance. I think, and and I think it's easy sometimes uh, for us to dismiss that because. Again, you're just saying, hey, you're singing into a microphone. You're inside an air-conditioned studio. So what work are you truly putting in? But these guys have had an impact on millions of people's lives. They've been able to change the fortunes of their family and friends. And so to see people go through a storm like that and then end up where they were, it was fun to watch them say during their acceptance speech, I thank God, and them actually mean it. Because again, You talk to a lot of those guys. Hey, man, I was doing cocaine, hardcore in the early 90s. (laughs) And I think, Chris, if you've done the math, everyone who did hardcore in the early 90s died or is
1: dead. And do (laughs) the math on the age that they were in the 90s. Yes. It's one thing to be 28 with a coke problem. Mm -hmm. Try being 20 with a coke problem because you will not hit the brakes. Right? No, you don't know, and you got people who are bringing it to you mm-hmm. at all.
0: When you're on tour, every stop. Imagine, like you said, every stop. We've heard this in regards whether to... whether it's women, uh, money, Arnie booze. Well, Arnie,
1: people would bring.
0: Uh, they eight. just did it recently. They bring
1: eight balls. Just recently, people trying to give you heroin when it's documented, you're an addict and you're trying to recover.
0: So then imagine that. So then imagine back in the in the 80s and early 90s, like uh, you're you having a coke guy. You're having a cult guy. <laughs> that's and then not, and, real and then not only that, like it was understood. Oh yeah, man, that's, that's uh, such and such a cult well, you guy. Heard, that's what, what did John you, Witherspoon what said. What did you
1: think about John Witherspoon? That was a great conversation. We, I want to get into more of that uh, style um, with obviously you're not going to have people that have <laughs> spanned comedy careers since the 70s and been around for Cosby and Pryor and fucking right. Sam Kennison, all that live. But I do want us to continue to go down that path of, hey, we're actually pretty good at this and we get people to open up Let's keep moving that. So, I don't know, tweet us or uh, Facebook us. If you don't like that direction, first of all, go fuck yourself. (laughs)
0: Oh! Spice that meatball. Let us
1: know, though. We like to hear uh, what direction you want the show to go because we're pulling ourselves in about 50 different directions, and I like it because it keeps doors open, but uh, there's format things that we can change up and look at. But I do, I like that. What did you think of his earnest... uh, and, and candor responses, candid responses. I mean, that was we, that was great to see that. And he didn't flinch when I brought up Cosby. That's a guy which that I was has. flinching on the inside. I was like, man, should I just leave it be? Is he going to say something? He's an he's a seventy five year old man. Is he going to say something to you know that's not going to be very well received that I set him up for? You know, you have that. I think we don't have that responsibility, but we're not that kind of show either. No, I think look.
0: If anything, when it comes to this particular show, this podcast, um, I want to give you the room to speak as candidly as possible. If you want to go into the Cosby, I want to create the environment that allows you to go as far into Cosby as you wish to go. I don't think we have to be the guys that walk you down that path. But if that's the path you want to go, so be it. One thing I enjoyed before I get into my assessment of of Mr. John Witherspoon is what I enjoyed with Donald Rawlings is that he was more than happy to talk about how people come up to him and know him as Ashy Larry. I always have felt when you create those type of characters... And we've seen this kind of mocked in films when you create this character and everybody knows you for that. Mm -hmm. And when you're ready to maybe turn the page or start a new chapter in your life, it's difficult to do that because that's all everybody knows
1: you from. Wouldn't you rather have that to go off and be given that opportunity to break away from that? But that's
0: what he illustrated. And that's what I appreciated in him at least saying, look... A lot of people don't get that iconic character. A lot of people don't get as far as I've gotten in comedy. Who am I then to turn around, bust my ass to be able to come up with that character only to then shun it when people appreciated that character and turn your back on it? Right, and people come out and spend their hard-earned money for you now— it's one thing if you like scream it out at a show and you want them to see it. I'm sure part of Donnell's stand up from time to time. He'll delve into the Ashy
1: Larry character. Yes, and I'm or, sure people who'll see him out or say he doesn't. I didn't see his stand up when he was here. But let's use Jonathan Kite as an example. I've seen him do this. People do come out because he, of the character he played on uh, Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls, but then and he'll acknowledge it. But if they keep yelling out like, "Oh, do uh, fuck, what's his, Olaf. Olaf? Olaf, do Olaf?" He'll literally go. Hey, bro! It ain't that time. This is this is stand-up comedy. It's awesome. You like it? Pay attention and shut the fuck up. I'm okay with that too. But that's because you're not thing. turning your back on it. You're accepting it and you're moving forward with another thing. Say, hey, that was cool. And maybe at a two broke girls meet and greet, we can do a little Olaf, Olaf back and forth. Oleg back and forth. But this is stand-up right now, and this is what we're going to focus on. And, and then, like I said, as far as you
0: know, with the direction of how I would like, I would love a John Witherspoon type every week. And so, and trust us, it isn't as if we aren't trying to reach out to get the John <laughs> Witherspoon type. And these are the type of conversations that lucky we kill enough for. that We have
1: Helium has done a really good job of working with us, and then to a lesser degree, Funny Bone. Uh, we're lucky to have those clubs here that bring in that talent. Absolutely. Because, listen, here's the reality of a podcast or a radio show or something. If people don't feel like they're getting something out of you, they're not doing Some people are extremely nice and will just do oh, it we've because had the benefit of you were uh, polite enough to ask them and right. they care that you care. But the reality is they come on because they're promoting something. They're hoping to tap into our audience. Sure. And that's just part of the game. And that's what Absolutely. you realize. And then hopefully you provide them with a relaxed or at least uh, skillful experience in the interview. That's why
0: you enjoy when we had the opportunity to sit down with John Witherspoon. And, then, and again, I enjoy, I love these guys' candor, and they've earned it. Like, again, you have to realize, John Witherspoon, uh, Southern California in the 70s, black man trying to make inroads, uh, basically leaving everything behind, going, driving, all the way across the country from Detroit to LA for these opportunities and this guy has worked with some of the most ridiculous personalities when i say ridiculous i'm talking larger than life type of personalities robin williams and sam kennison like think about if you think <laughs> about the origin like you thought robin williams in the year 2000 that was like man that is some character if you thought sam kennison man that is some character like Okay. Imagine the birth, being there at the birthplace of their personalities. Right. Being, imagine being at the birthplace of Robin Williams establishing himself. You thought he was off the walls, you know, a handful imagine of years ago before when he his was passing, allegedly,
1: geeked out of his mind twenty four seven on coke and just at the height of his just madness,
0: right? And then you look at a guy like Sam Kennison, oh boy, and you got again, you got. And then you're in a you're in what late seventies, early eighties Hollywood. Have
1: I brought that up? How Mark Maron's talked about how he uh, what did he do? He did coke for like three days. He was hearing voices for like months afterwards, after a coke binge with Sam Kennison. Because like Mark Maron was a kid working at this comedy store, right? And Kennison would kind of take him around with him. But just Took imagine. But then imagine again. You're talking prior. You're talking
0: Kennison. You're talking Robin Williams. You're David talking about Letterman. all these p- personalities, <laughs> and you're talking about again. We're not just talking. Oh, those were decent comedians. We're talking about guys whose personality were just larger than anything in the world. Right. When a guy like John Witherspoon's hung around those type of guys and been in the industry for as long as he has, that interview made as much sense of any interview than that we've ever done. And that I expected it to be candid. I expected him to be I didn't know what to open expect and honest because when it came to. Because with those guys, when you endure that, ain't no little social media flap. Ain't no little TMZ article going to mm-hmm. phase you because you were around the industry when it was the Wild West. Like Hollywood was like, Hollywood to today's standards still has its moments. Don't get sure, us wrong. We sure, were out there sure. in LA. But... Hollywood back in the seventies,
1: oh, well, you the had less. You the, had come on, less, man. less Big Brother, less. Uh, like, listen, you could backhand an unruly fan. You could think about that. And you wouldn't hear about it. Like, you can no. do it. You and, can do a set rightly, on a Friday so night if you were, f- yeah. If, if you, you backhand famous and it was yeah. you and uh, five year boys out. Like, let me tell you what would happen to mo- any. Not my group of friends. Not your group of friends. Most groups of males, if they're leaving a bar and somebody comes up and is acting aggressive towards him or something, there will be a physical confrontation, right? Sure. Then you take away <laughs> security cameras and cell phones from that. Can you imagine some of the shit that happened? Because people, are, the general public are stupid, right? You get right. guys that just get drunk and they, oh, there's a famous guy, I'm going to go up and talk shit, or whatever. But back to John Witherspoon, I didn't know what to think. A, he's, an old, he's older. He's 75 years old. You don't know what that means. He was very with it. You know what I mean? Like right. that, he was not your typical seventy-five-year-old. He's on tour. He's super tired. <laughs> you never know what his flight schedule was like. Uh, he is another one of those that's very well known for a few different parts and kind of goofy parts too. Maybe he was going to be somebody who was very um, feel very felt slighted by that as well. And who knows? I'm a white guy. This is an old black guy. Who who knows what his experiences have been? obviously very open to talking about everything and maybe that was bad on my part but those are the things that go through my head whenever you have somebody like that come in too which is understandable and
0: i and again i won't pretend that i knew exactly what was going to come out of his mouth but john witherspoon um is is so accomplished and and always in high demand i like because, that he's like still trying to get that money man and not only that but I, and I but that's i i love that he continues to like to work, but he also understands his worth. Hey, if you love my character so much, if you love my personality so much, well, this is the going rate, and I, I, <laughs> I honestly a don't. Have a pro- I don't have a problem with that because people have made the Wayne's brothers probably don't get the seasons they get out of their show without him the boondocks maybe doesn't jump off the page for adult swim if john witherspoon doesn't lead lend his voice to that project black jesus maybe doesn't jump off the page or get going without getting john witherspoon on board the next friday the last friday that cube wants to do you think cube can go to his audience or to a studio without John Witherspoon? You
1: could. It wouldn't be. and that's you a thing could too. try. That's what I like but finding you, out.
0: You ain't pushing that box off his number to where you want it to be in the sense that people know he's a part of something. Like when he shows up, he leaves his, he leaves his footprint. Like you right. knew John Witherspoon was there. And the Boondocks. Great series. Great animated series. You knew he was going to put his ass in that show. Same goes for the Wayne Brothers. Same goes for Friday. He was going to put his foot in into that performance, and he was going to leave his stamp. And so when you have a guy like that that's been through it, that's been a part of this industry, you're going to pay him for what he's worth. Ain't nobody who didn't open up for Letterman, Robin Williams, (laughs) Richard Pryor. not.